Imagine you're walking down the street and you see someone famous, really famous. What do you do? Play it cool or stop and stare? Play it cool. Mm, but also, yeah, stop and stare. Now others have spotted this A-lister. They're staring too, and some of them aren't playing it cool at all. Now imagine you're not the one staring at the celebrity. You are the celebrity, staring back. Oh. You've got pots of money, adoring fans and a big house. But look, you've also got all of us watching, judging. Being really, really famous, it's not easy. They say be careful what you wish for. From Wondery, I'm Anna Leong Brophy. And I'm Emily Lloyd Saney. And this is Terribly Famous, our new podcast which takes you right inside the lives of our most dazzling celebrities to find out what it's like to walk in their shoes. Terribly Famous. Listen to Terribly Famous wherever you get your podcasts. Who knows, Emily? You may even gain a newfound appreciation for being a nobody. I don't think that came out how you meant it. I know what I said. Terribly Famous. This is a crowd podcast. Welcome to Go Love Yourself. This is a lovely sidestep into talking about the patriarchy as a woman <laughs> who is clearly a very stark feminist and has got some very, very strong views on men. Because this fucking six foot four grey daddy has just walked in the car park and I'm like a mess. The patriarchy of men and horses. Tell me everything. <laughs> So, Smithy, we've had a break for a couple of weeks because you've got this fun, exciting, fancy new job. Um, I know you don't really want to kind of go into any details, but how are you? How are we rating it out of 10 so far? Are you loving it? I'm absolutely loving it. And when someone, I think it was my stepmom came around the other day. She was like, oh, you're liking your job. And I was like, I love my job. I haven't said the, the sentence, I love my job in about five years like and so no No. so at the time recording the last working week that I did was the best week at work I have had in probably about five years and I'm in that you know when you it's like you know when you start a new job and you're just the it you give yourself the ick (laughs) I don't know anyone and like just I'm just waiting to know everyone and make everyone my best friend but I'm absolutely loving it because of that we took a couple of weeks off of recording luckily everyone's had all of our episodes because we banked a few didn't we we did but yes I've been enjoying it tell me what you've been doing oh no let me just quickly talk about your top for a minute <laughs> you don't know how happy that makes me to hear that because like, I've been so worried about you I know that so many people have as well but I just know like how much you were struggling in the last job and it's just really wonderful just to see such a 180 you so I message like obviously we're messaging like when you first started and stuff and then I kind of let you have a couple of days and then on the Thursday I think I was voice noted you and I was like I can't wait any longer like I need a proper update how are you okay and Lauren sent me the most like half asleep exhausted but happy voice note she's like I'm so happy I'm so, I've never ever had a Lauren like it normally she's so upbeat and high pitched and she's like <laughs> I'm really that. tired, but I'm extremely happy. And I was like, okay, babes. Oh my gosh, <laughs> I totally forgot about it that. Funny. It was because I've gone from working from home pretty much every day. And then that week I did, you know, first of all, new job, but then I was commuting into London for like the first three days. So by the Thursday, I was a broken woman. <laughs> <Literally>. <laughs> 
but a happy broken woman <laughs> please do hear but it it's been so nice well i just wanted to say as well because i put this on my instagram and i said that i was changing jobs and i think it's it's worth saying here i don't think i've said it on the podcast yet it really is never too late or never too early to change something if something in your life is not bringing you joy or it's toxic or awful or is making you feel like shit whether that be a job a relationship a family relationship you can cut you can leave you can stay you can start it is never too late or too early and so let me be evidence of that oh i love that and i'm gonna second that as well because i've had um I've, I've had a little bit of family drama, which I'm not going to go into in detail, but I will just say that I have cut some people out of my life. It's been a really horrific few weeks, to be mm. honest with you, exception of last week. We went on holiday, which is really nice and much needed. But certain are people that have basically not been supportive since like Bake Off and have always made me feel really, really bad about myself. And it kind of came to a head recently and I made the decision, which is very difficult to kind of say, this relationship is not serving me anymore and step away from it. So I completely second that. I think it's very hard but the biggest weight has been lifted and I, I do feel still a little bit sad about it but like generally just much much happier and much more free without kind of judgmental people watching mm. and lurking in the shadows that sounded very deep oh that dark. got deep oh it's almost like <laughs> you really should deep. like you should narrate audiobooks that are like scary <laughs> ones no I love that and I think it's such a it's such an important topic and now that you've done that perhaps that might be something that we can revisit even in a podcast episode because we know that probably I think the top of people's lists for podcast episodes for us at the minute is talking about the judgment of others and we have done an episode before about the weight of other people's opinions but I think it's something we should revisit perhaps now with that experience of yours you're not alone in having gone through that and that was really so so fucking shit the shittest stupidest shit but it's nice that you had a nice week on holiday. Tell me about it. We will yes. have like offline, offline. I hate myself. You can tell I'm back at a corporate job, can't you? We'll talk about this <laughs> offline. Uh, we will have chats outside the podcast. So you can just tell me all the things. But how was holiday? Yeah, it was really good. Thank you. Yeah, just just what you needed. We missed Buddy loads, but I think it was also good to not have him mm. to have like a break just for us. Where did you go? To Cornwall? Yeah, we went to Cornwall um, and we bagged a cheeky upgrade on the last hotel. We Love stayed that. in where, you know, where they had the G7 summit in those like lodges on the beach. <laughs> we got upgraded. It was like honestly incredible. And I was like, I can't share this because people will think that I'm like fucking minted. It was £1,800 a night. And I said to Matt, make the most of every inch, every, every, every minute, every mm-hmm. millisecond, because we will never, never be staying here again. But they just saw that I tagged him in a story, which I, I genuinely didn't even like do that to, for clout or anything. It was just, just to say like, oh, this is where we are. And it's, you know, I didn't even think I said it was nice and it was raining. <laughs> like, God, upgrade. Oh, mate, we were just happy as pigs in shit. It's been so- Looks amazing it was it was really really nice nice break the nine hour drive on the way home however was not we had a massive party just oh before we left <laughs> over like suitcase it was like really trivial and i think we were both just stressed because we knew it was supposed to be supposed to be like five six hours mm. right i looked at sat nav it was seven and a half it actually took us nearly nine and that was stopping 15 minutes to get petrol and a snack we didn't even eat like a proper lunch or dinner and the first half of the journey was just in silence and the second half was just like one word Heard, like do you want a snack no do you no do you want to stop no I'm right. it was awful oh, and I had to listen to Radio 1 oh, as if it could have got any worse you, like so literally when I'm in my car the first, I, before I even drive off I put on my playlist I can't listen to the radio because I need like my curated really? songs yeah absolutely not I can't be listening to adverts I can't be listening to nothing 
Now I just listen to Magic at the Musicals mostly. I understand. Okay, maybe I should get yeah. onto that. But I don't, I'm with you that on the, good. so I've done that drive before. So me and Stacey did a Cornwall road trip years ago and the way home again was meant to be that five, six hours and it turned out to be nine. There might be something in doing a road trip with your friend that might be a bit more fun than a husband. I don't know. I'll let you know one day. <laughs> but we had the playlist and we had the snacks and it was a bit easier. But yeah, I'm telling you, any road trip, you need a proper playlist. Otherwise, don't even bother. Otherwise, defaults. All right, I'm coming with you next time. <laughs> I'm telling you now, we would be listening to the... I don't even mind me some Radio 1. It was Ibiza weekend, Lauren, and Ooh. it was just noise. Is bang, it the songs bang, that... Yeah, bang. the songs that don't have the words. Yeah, I don't... Where's the meaning? Where's the lyrical, you know, yeah. journey? I know. Where's the... Where's yeah, the I'm journey? with you, babes. Yeah, where's the melody? Where's right? it at? I'm understand. <laughs> Something we definitely agree on is is music, I yeah, think. Yeah, okay. I'm glad we agree on it. And before we get into today's episode, we have some very exciting news, don't Woo! we, Lauren? We do, we do. We are already a Silver Aria Award winning podcast, but we have been nominated for a British Podcast Award for Laura, the well-being category. I mean, I everything is so good. <laughs> How cool is that? Like, we are absolutely buzzing and... Yeah, genuinely just so tough to have been nominated. I'm so excited. But it is the fact that of all the categories, and there are many, that our podcast by Two Fat Birds has been nominated for the wellbeing category. And yes. I said it in our WhatsApp group, we put it on our Instagram, but I want to say it again on the podcast. It just feels like a massively beautiful middle finger up to diet culture that our podcast that is fronted by Two Fat Women talking about being fat and saying things like hey do you know it's okay to be fat and it's okay to gain weight and healthy doesn't isn't just one size has been nominated for this award for the british podcast award i like i'm so proud of us <laughs> yeah i'm proud of us too yeah fingers crossed fingers crossed and talking of exciting talking of culturally iconic moments the barbie movie <laughs> laura and i saw it together and we're going to talk about it. Yes, it feels like the whole world has gone Barbie mad. Finally. And so, yeah, very excited to talk about the, the film today. We won't be giving away any plot spoilers or anything like that. Don't worry. But we are going to get into kind of Barbie, what it means, the history of it and like the body image and certain themes within the movie that, that I personally just find really, really interesting. So today's episode is all about Barbie mania and body image. And I cannot wait. I'm genuinely so excited for this. I cannot wait. I cannot wait. <laughs> It's time for a quick break to tell you about today's sponsor, BetterHelp. So BetterHelp, if you haven't heard of it, is an online therapy service that connects you with a licensed therapist who can help you on your self-love. I'm just going to say it, ladies, journey. Um, <laughs> so we love working with BetterHelp because, uh, as you know, we are huge advocates for therapy. And there are so many points in life when you're unsure about what's next um, and what, what the right thing to do is, what the right path is to take. And you guys will know from our chats this season that we've had a lot lot of decisions to make in terms of our careers this year, Lauren especially. So whether you're dealing with decisions around your career or relationships perhaps or anything else, therapy is great because it helps you understand yourself so that you can be a bit more confident about making those big decisions. It's been so helpful to both of us in our lives and I'm going to be honest now and say that I am actually considering going back to therapy at the moment to deal with some issues that I've been having uh, with family and just with my kind of like binge eating. So 
if you are also thinking of trying therapy, we think BetterHelp is a great option because it's completely online. It's convenient, it's accessible and it's affordable. You get matched with your own therapist after filling out a short survey. And the best part for me is that you can switch therapists for free at any time. This is so important because I think it's really... I really do think it's essential that you find a therapist that you click with. So I absolutely love that you have the freedom to change if you want to. And then you don't have that awkward in-person breakup. Uh, It really is a game changer. So if you'd like to try it out, head to the website, betterhelp.com forward slash go love to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com forward slash go love to get 10% off your first month. I'm so excited that finally I think I get to geek out a little bit about Barbie because I just need to still. And you know what? Without even talking to each other, both Laura and I got the memo and we are sat here in our pink dresses. (laughs) (laughs) I even have Barbie nails. I I do, but I am stressed. I'm stressed picking them off. (laughs) Oh no. (laughs) But we're rocking the pink dresses still. It's all good. We are rocking the pink dresses. So let's just start with the fact we went with my friend Stacey. Uh, and again, I say my friend Stacey. I'm pretty sure whenever the three of us get together, we all know who the third <laughs> wheel is and it's me. <laughs> yeah, it's not me. It's always me. Um, and I did give the girls a dress code. And I think they Obviously. thought I was joking, but I absolutely wasn't. Um, and so we went properly in pink. And do you know what's so cute? So you were busy beforehand, but Stacey and I did something in the morning. So we were already hanging out. And we went back to hers and we got changed um and it was for, and it felt like we were getting ready for a night out we were literally just like putting like our other dresses on and maybe topping up the makeup but like it felt like getting ready for a night out and it was just such a nice moment of girliness and then you were there and it was just the best it was great Do you know my favorite bit was like seeing everybody else dressed up in the cinema yes there was like men women children all dressed in like pink like barbie kind of attire mm-hmm. um, and everyone was just so buzzing and i think you yeah. said as well it was the busiest youths in the cinemas since like pre-covid yeah 100%. and i know this is going to shock you guys listening but we actually for once agreed <laughs> on something but we both agreed that the, the movie was brilliant we loved it didn't we we did okay <laughs> i think i'm really intense about it and i need to stop it because <laughs> you yes, about I- some things what <laughs> I need to remember that other people have other opinions and this is good why we're doing this episode today. But I came out and I genuinely straight off the bat was like 10 out of 10, no notes. I love it. And then outside I asked you and Stace and you were both like, 8, 8.5 and my reaction to that should have been oh my god I'm really glad you liked it and enjoyed it and I'm glad you had a nice time but my reaction <laughs> wasn't like that it was why don't you like it and so just I'm really sorry first of all I'm so yeah. intense and, and 8.5 and we're going to kind of talk about that 1.5 that you're maybe not giving it and that perhaps maybe I may drop myself down to a 9.5 okay I mean I doubt that I think you actually did say you gave it an 11 out of 10 uh, um, I just really <laughs> as a movie as a standalone movie without thinking about anything else I thought it was really wonderful I cried I laughed I loved it no notes in terms of just looking at it just for that I thought it was really enjoyable. Yeah, and I did as well. And I, I'll be honest with you, and like, maybe you're listening and kind of thinking the same thing. I was having some chats with some friends before saying like, are you going to see it? And one friend actually in particular, uh, who was also plus size, she was saying, she was like, I can't bring myself to watch it. I just feel like 
it's too little too late with like the damage that Barbie has Mm. done in terms of body image and promoting these kind of like beauty standards and I think had it not been for the hype around the film and the marketing and can we just say that marketing team deserves a fucking round of applause something (laughs) because genius I wouldn't have gone to see it otherwise but obviously I was just like a sheep just like okay okay everyone's Mm. going mad I'm gonna go and see it but I, I did go with an open mind, hoping that it would be inclusive. And like you said, I think sometimes we, and I'm going to say this and then and do a deep dive. I think sometimes we can like go a bit too analytical about things. Yes. And like you said, as a standalone movie, it's like, it was really good fun. It was really inclusive yeah. and it was a really, really great film. Like very well done. Yeah. I absolutely loved uh, seeing Sharon Rooney play the plus size Barbie. Yeah. I loved her in Mad Fat Diary. You might recognise her from that or her name from that. The, lo- the bit that I loved most was that she wasn't plus size Barbie. She was a lawyer and a like a badass lawyer at that. It was never mentioned that she was plus size. She just was. Mm. And I was so happy with that because it then didn't feel tokenistic. And actually in the whole film, there was so much representation, but none of it did feel tokenistic to me. And we spoke okay. a lot about the, and just like that remake, feeling quite tokenistic and trying too hard and feeling yeah. very forced. Mm. And this just didn't. It just felt really joyful and inclusive yes, and natural, which I think considering Barbie's roots was was a big feat. And I think they did a great job on that. Yeah, I agree. And I think that has a lot to say for women being in the room where it happens so with a movie mm. like barbie you can tell it's directed by a woman you can tell it's been produced mm. by mostly women um for yeah. those reasons and there is so much representation which is fantastic to see there's a transgender barbie there is a disabled barbie in the dancing scene she's dancing in her wheelchair and it wasn't tokenistic because it wasn't mentioned that's probably the bit that i like the most Actually, I can't decide which I like the most because I liked it all, but I just thought that was really (laughs) wonderful to see. I really like that. Yeah, same. I was reading a really interesting article today, actually, um, by uh, somebody called Virgie Tova, and she was saying about how like in the past, like problematic characters, they either don't normally kind of get like a reboot or a chance like Barbie to come back into the spotlight. And if they do, they're kind of, their past is just kind of brushed under the carpet. Whereas they did actually address in the movie, not quite as much as I would have liked, but they did address in the movie the body image issues that she has sort of been responsible for in the past. And I I think that's really great. And this article was actually was saying that I think it shows like as a society that we are actually kind of craving that accountability that reconciliation mm. and it actually it means that like culturally and in the media I think we're kind of moving towards a place where like there's a space being made for us yeah. in the media and in society and that there's an appetite for that because everyone's loving it there has been some backlash which I just find hilarious because it's all from the men <laughs> I just think it's so funny. But yeah, so the, the, the movie addresses toxic masculinity and that talks a lot about the patriarchy. And it's some people think that it's anti-men, but it's really not. It's a, it's anti-patriarchy. And I just think that, yeah, some of the criticism is so, so funny. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm very, very interested to know what you think. I think, so two things. One, you, you mentioned about, you know, they're wanting to be space for us in the media. We want that representation. And what's been really interesting, I saw a tweet and it was like a lot of these big movie companies are seeing the popularity of Barbie are seeing the hype around and then what that has generated commercially and are seeing that as oh we need to do more toy movies as opposed to no we need to do more movies about issues that are relevant and interesting to women and at the minute there's a Polly Pocket movie in development and they're looking at other ones and obviously I know Lego's been around for a long time but the message of 
the popularity and the hype around Barbie needs to be women are here. This is the stuff that we want to talk about. We felt I cannot imagine any woman in this world not feeling seen. But yes, there has been a lot of backlash to the film. It's not surprising. I don't like, are you just like men are just saying it's anti-men. If you, you've lot like, you've not got the point. If you're coming away from Barbie and are thinking that that film is anti-men, whether you are a woman or a man, you have not got the point of the film. And that's absolutely fine. If you don't like it, that's absolutely fine. Um, I've actually got some of my best friends didn't love it. They liked it, but didn't love it. And I've had to like hold it in. <laughs> but none of them have said that they didn't get the message. They were like, no, I love the girl power. I love, you know, talking about patriarchy and feminism, stuff like that. But I think it's sad because with men, they are going to have women in their lives, whether they have mums or aunties or daughters. So, you know, even I said to my dad, I was like, you're going to go and see Barbie. But dad's 62. It's really not for him. He's the best girl dad in the world. He's got two, you know, daughters. And I was like, dad, as a dad of two women, I feel like I'd be really interested to see your opinions on it. And I think more men need to see this film, but see it in the eyes of the women that are in their lives mm. and see the kind of stuff yeah. that we have to put up with and face and why it's so difficult. And then wonder why millions of women across the world are feeling seen and feeling hyped up by this film. Wonder why as opposed to going, oh, you just hate men. Like, come on. Yeah, it's a very simplistic um, view to have that it's just, mm. you know, men hating. And I, find, I do find that sad, although, like you said, not surprising. <laughs> like, no, I'm not surprised at coming. all, but like, you're stupid. Because I was watching it thinking, not thinking that, but thinking that people would think that. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can see, yeah. you can see it right there, but it's, it's stupid. And I know, and I, I can't, I will never watch it because I just, there are no words for how much I detest the man. But I know that Piers Morgan has come out and talked about how it's really anti-men. And it's not anti-men. And what's really interesting is that this kind of, this sort of analysis is all over TikTok and I just love TikTok so much. And it's basically saying that on a very basic level, what men are looking at when they're watching Barbie is how women are treated. So when they're watching how the men are treated in Barbie land, that is how women are treated in the world. Yeah. Barbie is everything and everyone in Barbie world and then comes to the real world and that's that stark difference. So... So it's just interesting that I think the men, some men feel, I don't know as far as threatened, but definitely think that we're all just, you know, silly little girls for liking this pink movie when actually it's got so much more deeper meaning. Yeah, the, the meaning is a lot deeper than that. And I'm so glad that they decided to go down that route because I remember... I think it was Amy Schumer was originally supposed to play yeah. Barbie, wasn't she? And it was, mm. it was supposed to be like more of like a satire and stuff, which to be fair, that it is in the film. I think it had to be kind of a bit more, I say woke in a really positive way. And um, I know some people use it in a negative way. I'm, I'm not. I think it's really, really positive, really like modern and really forward thinking. And I think it, it kind of had to be because, like I said before, they did acknowledge the kind of body image issues that it has kind of raised and caused in, in young girls in particular. Um, and that's why I was nervous around it. So I was really, really pleased that they decided to go down that route and not just the typical, I kind of expected it to just be a typical rom-com of like, yes, you know, Barbie meets Ken and then they, you know, live happily ever after and have kids or whatever. Um, mm. So yeah, I'm really, really pleased that they did it kind of atypically. I think in terms of like Barbie the doll itself, I still <laughs> I still got issues. Um, well, let's let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. So first of all, I just wanted to kind of like just go off your point really quickly and just say what one of the other things I really liked about the Barbie movie was that it wasn't 
the trope wasn't romantic. It wasn't about romantic relationships. Yeah. Yeah, it really so just wasn't. It was about friendships. It was about self. It was about all of that. It, mm. Romance had nothing to do with it. And how... You know, there's even something uh, called, it's called the Bechtel test. I don't know if you've seen this before, but I, I just love it. I watch TikToks about this all the time. And the three criterias for the Bechtel test are there has to be at least two women featured, that they are talking to each other and they are discussing something other than a man, right? And actually... <laughs> That's a really low bar. <laughs> the lowest of the low, but there are very few movies that do it. Really? Very, very few. And ones that you think would, don't. Because you'll have two women, but they'll be talking about a man. Or you'll have one woman talking to a man. And very, very few movies pass the Bechtel test, but Barbie does. With wow, flying I feel like they should rename it the Barbie test. The Barbie test is what we shall call it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but that was wonderful. In that way, it's a movie. If I was to, if I was to ever have a daughter or children in general, I would be really proud for them to see this film for that reason. It's not a movie about love and relationships and that. It's just about all the stuff. However, what we need to get onto is Bobby, Bobby, <laughs> is Barbie and body image. Laura, over to you. I do think, I personally, I think that Barbie is problematic. And if I had children, I wouldn't want them playing with Barbie dolls. Uh, did you play with Barbie, by the way, when you were younger? Absolutely. I, f I had so you many did. Barbies. I was such a Barbie girl. Did you? Yeah, millions. See, I can't remember. So in that respect, I don't think that they were obviously a big part of my life. And mm. I wonder, again, in this Forbes article and in other articles that I was reading today, there was a lot of women saying that they didn't. Uh, America Ferreira, actually, who is one of the lead characters in the Barbie movie. Love her in Superstore. She said she didn't play with Barbies. And she said, I think she wonders whether that's because she didn't see herself represented with Barbie. And maybe I, maybe I thought the same, but I don't know. But I just feel like she is a bit problematic. I love the concept. So she was originally brought out in 1959. And we have to remember that this is a time when women didn't have access to birth control and they couldn't even have their own credit card. Don't even. Let that sink in for a moment. <laughs> but she was supposed to be aspirational. So the creator, Ruth Handler, she named the doll after her daughter, Barbara. And she said her whole philosophy of Barbie was that through the doll, little girls could be anything they wanted to be. So she wanted Barbie to represent the fact that a woman has choices. Hence why you can have astronaut Barbie, lawyer Barbie and all of that, which I, I love. I think that's wonderful. Yeah. I guess it's just symbolic of its time. But I think it's just unfortunate that she is white, impossibly long legs, blue eyes, blonde hair, like the beauty, yeah. beauty standard. Yeah. They've done loads of studies and research and like Barbie's body fat ratio would be so low that she would be unlikely to have periods. And I think her body type is representative of like one in 100,000 people. Like mm -hmm. it just isn't realistic. And I think that for young girls navigating the world, I just find it a little bit icky that mm. the emphasis is on how she looks. So if you look at like action men, for example, for for boys, they're like the heroes and they're like, to be fair, it's not much better, is it? Because no, they're like six say. pack and yeah. <laughs> whatever. But for the women, it's, it's more about what they can do and that they're strong. Whereas mm. for the Barbies and the dolls, it's all about like what they look like. And I just don't love that. I don't love that. I'm, I'm going to say something and I think I'm going to out myself to be really fucking stupid because this isn't a spoiler, but right at the beginning of the film, it sort of explained why, Bar like, like you said, Laura, why Barbie was created. So it's more aspirational yeah. because up until that point, you know, girls and young kids were playing with like baby dolls 
and it was the whole thing was about being a mum and looking after a baby and this was the first mm. doll who was an adult and you weren't you weren't playing with her to be a mum you were playing with her to like have a great time and I'd never thought of that as a girl who had all the Barbies I don't whether I don't remember or whether I just haven't thought about it I don't remember Barbie being something that was aspirational that I looked at my Barbie who was Dr Barbie and thought I can be a doctor it was always she looks like that again I never thought about that as a kid I don't think I ever looked at her and thought I don't look like that so I think on some level some of this conversation doesn't apply to everybody but it's the it's the implication of the fact that all these dolls that we were playing with were this one look <laughs> and we are not and I don't know whether I'm by myself in that just thinking you know she it never occurred to me that she was aspirational it was more just like she's really pretty and she's got nice dresses and I want to have nice dresses Same. oh thank god I, I I again like I didn't um as I said I probably well I can't remember being a massive Barbie fan I'll have to ask mm. my mum but I don't think I was either I didn't ever see it as aspirational in like what she could do I saw it as aspirational in terms of what I should look like and I think that's the case for many people. <laughs> yeah, I think it is. I mean, there's a lot of um, people in the movie, a lot of actresses, uh, actresses of colour in the movie saying about, again, like I just said about America Ferreira, not saying that she didn't sort of feel represented by them. The first black Barbie doll wasn't introduced until 1980. So over 20 years after stereotypical, <laughs> like yeah. blonde Barbie was introduced. Yeah. But even then she had Eurocentric features. What do you mean? So what do you mean by Eurocentric features? So I'm talking like small nose, paler skin, oh, lighter okay. eyes, mm. non kind of Afro hair. So she still had like long, glossy hair, like very small waist yeah. and like very long legs and yeah, small nose, small lips. Not representative. Not representative mm. at all. And I think like we, we probably need to talk a bit more, I think, about Eurocentric beauty standards. Um, Ooh, I, yes. I've spoken a bit about it in my book. I found it really, really interesting subject because while we have come quite a long way, in more recent times, I think you go back sort of 10 years ago and it was really only lighter skinned women that were getting kind of roles in movies or we were mm. seeing in magazines. It's only really now that we're starting to see like darker skin tone and less Eurocentric features, but we're still not quite where we need to be in terms of seeing like the full spectrum of representation. And we still feel like the aspiration is still, I think, for the Eurocentric beauty standards, yeah. for the sort of lighter skin and the smaller nose and the smaller lips and, and that kind of thing. And I think... I mean, that's something that Barbie and the Barbie movie is not going to solve like overnight, but it is something that say, worries me. But I find it interesting and sad at the same time. Yeah. I mean, for all of its fabulousness, 95% of the actors are very slim. Yeah. There really is just one Barbie who isn't. So I think the point that I'm at at the minute is that that's upsetting, but I'm glad she's there and I'm glad her storyline is not, oh, I'm fat, but I'm a lawyer. It's, I'm a lawyer. I'm a lawyer, yeah. And I'm successful. Yeah. But yeah, going back to the whole, like, Barbie, the actual doll thing, there's been quite a few studies that have done that I find really interesting about how it affects girls and how they feel about themselves. There was a study done in 2006, which basically said that girls playing with Barbies was correlated to them having lower self-esteem and an increased desire for a thinner body. Okay. And then after Mattel, who's the creator of Barbie, uh, released a curvy Barbie, another study was done in 2019, but it found that girls ages three to 10 said that the larger Barbie was the one they wanted to play with the least. Mm. So I think that kind of goes to show that like the just having options isn't really enough to change your behaviours and attitudes. I think, again, more needs to be done. Like you, you could argue, why is that Barbie 
so small in the first place. That is so... There is going to be a scientific reason. The only thing that comes to my head is, you know, she's the other, isn't she? This curvier Barbie is the yeah. other. And, and it's different. So, true. so uh, there'll be reasons for that, ones that we can't answer, but I think that's really interesting. And I'm also not surprised. And I don't think it's just a case of, oh, they don't want to play with Fat Barbie. I think it's not just to do with that. I think it's other stuff as well that's, you know, nothing to do with the size of it. But that's just very interesting. Yeah, I think the, the saddest one for me was there was another study done um, that showed that girls playing with Barbies led to an increased internalization of the thin ideal among girls aged five to oh eight. God, five. So there's a lot of studies basically that kind of show like the negative effects correlated with bar with Barbie. Yeah. And I think if I was to be really critical of the movie, I think it focused more on the patriarchy and toxic masculinity than that. And I wanted to see and hear more about body image but that might just be because i'm hugely passionate and interested in in it so that's yeah. where i'm coming from do you know what i mean so but that was just my kind of key takeaways really mm, i agree i think it's, it's difficult isn't it oh, because there had to be a main again this is conversations that happen with women that are far smarter than we are but you know why did greta decide to do you know, the main thing being about patriarchy, well, you know, that's something that affects absolutely everybody, but then also so does body image. But, mm. it, you know, I, I see this kind of like a, you know, this is deep, but I do see this as kind of like a bit of a political movie. It's not just, you know, Barbie. There's, it's not just a, you know, pretty girl walking around Barbie land. This is, this is saying something. This has had an impact on so many women. I don't know whether it would have had the same impact with body image. I've no idea, but I'm the, the moral of that story is that I'm with you and that I would have liked to have seen it more. I think this isn't a spoiler, but the cellulite comment was funny, but mm. I don't know if I loved it because same. it, because it <laughs> kept going on how bad cellulite is. That was the point it was making. And I was like, no, we, we get it and we know it. You can just say it once and that's cool. I think it was meant to be like kind of ironic and satirical. Like yes. I didn't, I was, yeah. Like I don't think they were saying, oh, it's really bad. I think they were just, because if you kind of look at the, like the paradox of like a plastic person, mm. person, a plastic Barbie and a real person. And yeah. it's like, oh my God, you get cellulite. cellulite oh my God. Um, no, I know. But That's yeah, it, I, do, but... I do agree with you. I was like, I don't know how to feel about this. And they did I kind know. of ram it down our necks a little bit or too much. Or just have something else or, or at the end be like, oh my God, I've got cellulite and it's fine. Just yeah. something to kind of <laughs> yeah. round that off. I totally got it. And, and that's actually a thing I really like about movies that is very self-aware. You know, it pokes fun at Margot Robbie at one point. Yeah. It's poking fun at Mattel and Mattel really involved in the creation of it. Like, I mm. really like that. But there's, I don't know, I just would have landed it ever so slightly differently. Obviously, you know, if I'd been asked to be part of it. <laughs> <laughs> but that's just me. <laughs> no, I definitely think, like, it's a really fun film and it definitely feels like progress. And I think even just in terms of, like, talking about the Barbie dolls, like, I was reading up that, like, we've now got Barbies with, like, no hair, with vitiligo, with prosthetics. And they recently launched a Barbie with Down syndrome, which is amazing. Wonderful. And on the Barbie website, I looked and... They currently have 35 skin tones, 97 hairstyles and nine different body types. So that is progress. That is, that is, progress. is progress. I'm Yeah, I'm super, super happy about that. Where would we want it to go? Do we want more? Rep I guess we want more body representation. I think just all oh, I would in my very, very naive, silly head. I want absolutely every single person to be represented buy this toy because it should be but i don't know if that's possible yeah but that's just what i want i don't think that's too much to ask and i think that 
in the film they call like Margot Robbie stereotypical Barbie because she Love is because she looks like the the she main Barbie, kind of doll yeah. that we, we we all know and I think if we can kind of have more diversity and make it more mainstream then I think that's definitely the way to go and I think I think it's fine for girls to to play with Barbie dolls I do but I also think that and I was chatting to Molly Forbes actually for my book about this mm. and she was saying that it's it's absolutely fine to talk for girls to play with Barbie dolls but it's also really important that we have conversations with them about you know their body types being unrealistic and the beauty standards being unrealistic and that they're also encouraged to play with like non-gendered toys as well Mm. um i think that's so important even with clothing you see it you know boy shoes are labeled like do not get hero and the girls ones are just like girls get unicorns and rainbows and boys get sports Mm. heroes and cars and trucks i tell you this though because you'll be quite surprised by this probably as a kid i did play with barbies but i also played loads with cars Probably equal amounts. Yeah, yeah. So, like, let's just... Don't even get me started (laughs) on the kind of gendering of toys and things when you go into a kid's shop and it's like, oh, no, if you've got a girl, you go that way and you've got a boy, you go that way. Just stop it. Yeah. I think to some extent, like, a lot of my mum friends say that, like, their children, like, if they've got girl... Like, my niece, for example, is naturally... She's just really girly. Like, that's Mm. not something that's been forced on her. She will gravitate to Barbie and the dolls and the pink and the glitter and the unicorns. Most girls do. Yeah, and most girls do. And that's that's absolutely fine. I just... What I kind of have a... Not an issue with, but what I just would like to see more is encouragement of, like, the more kind of, like you said, the neutral ones. And also just, like, here's a truck as well and here's a hammer and a chisel and go have fun with that and get muddy in the garden. Like, you don't have to be a princess all the time. But, yeah, I saw something, again, by Molly Forbes today online, which was really sort of stuck with me. And I I wanted to share this about kind of, like, raising the future generation. And it was just a reel with her and her daughter jumping in a lake. And it says, the caption of it says, I think uh, it's really important that we teach girls and boys uh mainly girls that their bodies are for living in and not for being looked I at i saw that how lovely isn't that is wonderful that? and i think that's with the barbie thing if that's what i just wish we had a little bit more of we, we're getting there mm. like i said progress mm-hmm. but there is still a little bit of a way to go i agree i really do want to talk about the patriarchy <laughs> Do you? Okay, go for it. I do. It. And I also want to kick off this conversation with the fact that I got distracted when you were just talking because the most handsome man I've ever seen in the entire world, I just pulled up in the car park where I live, carrying many things. This is what's, this is where I'm, this is, this is a lovely sidestep into talking about the patriarchy as a woman <laughs> who is clearly a very stark feminist and has got some very, very strong views on men in general sometimes, yet I fancy them because this fucking six foot four grey daddy has just walked in the car park and I'm like a mess. So, <laughs> lovely segue into it. Anyway, the patriarchy of men and horses, tell me everything. <laughs> <laughs> there's a big well the patriarchy is a huge theme in the movie and there's a lot of reference to horses which i did not so understand <laughs> and i was like i can't wait to google this afterwards mm-hmm. yeah i think it is really important we talk a lot about like beauty standards for women and how toxic and how there's so much pressure but for some reason we've all got along with it and that's what the interesting part of the movie was for me about how men we just go along with the fact that men are in power mm. and we can kind of just we we kind of given crumbs and then expected to be like happy with it. Yeah, and what's really funny is that obviously uh, I saw something on Twitter this morning and it was about the fact that you know also Oppenheimer came out on the same weekend and it was comparing the the money that they both took and Barbie took 
a lot more. Whoop, whoop. But the headline was something like, Oppenheimer took this much, which is equally as good. And it was like, could you imagine that headline the other way around? <laughs> if Barbie had taken half the amount that Oppenheimer did, that wouldn't be it. That wouldn't no. be it. And this is what we're saying. Yeah. I think sometimes, again, as a very, very opinionated feminist uh, I think a lot of people might think that I just make this shit up, but that is an example of patriarchy where the headline, if Barbie got half the amount that Hop- Oppenheimer did, would be very different to that headline. And it, oh, Laura, I cannot. <laughs> it's the double standards, isn't it? That's what oh, annoys me. Ball. And it was just that bit where they walk into the real world and automatically the vibe changes and Barbie starts to feel uncomfortable. And Ken doesn't. And you see starkly mm. that it this is how it is because of, you know, years of history and all this kind of stuff. And you're like, this, just, it makes me mad. It's very, very clever. One thing that I absolutely loved and I picked up on straight away was in the beginning in Barbie world, there's like an all female Supreme Court. Yeah. And then there's a woman accepting an award. Mm. <laughs> and the woman says, I work really hard for this and I really deserve it. Thank you so much. And then when they get to the real world, <laughs> that, was the that was the speech. That was it. And then in the real world, um, she gets on a and she's like, oh, I just want to say, like, I feel really lucky. I've just been really lucky. And um, I want to thank all the people that helped me. This is, this yeah. was, you know, like such a team effort. I can't remember exactly what she said, but it Something was just like so that. funny. Not taking ownership. Yeah. Right, let's make a pledge here yeah. that as and when we have all these really fabulous accomplishments and Laura, you've got one big one coming up and we have hopefully got one together that we own the shit out of that because it's not like okay. we don't work hard on this podcast. And it's not like you didn't work your ass off for that book. When you when it gets launched and everyone loves it, you'll be like, I worked really hard for this and I deserve this. Full fucking okay. stop. I will try. No, I, I think I think I will try and own it. I see, like I think I will try. So no, I'm gonna I fucking own it. I'm gonna own it. I worked You're my absolute cunt off for that book. <laughs> you, gonna, you are just gonna own the fact that you worked your ass off. And you deserved yes. it. And that, yeah, I picked up on that as well. And I thought it was so fucking funny that, yeah, yes. <laughs> I just can't. I just can't. But anyway, yes. You know, in terms of, of the patriarchy, I think the biggest thing that has obviously gone viral afterwards, and again, this isn't a spoiler alert, we won't give you the whole speech, is the speech that is given by America Ferreira's character that starts off with, it's so difficult to be a woman. And it is, you know, kind of things we've heard before. Cynthia Nixon wrote some really good words on this. Mm, re- yeah, a I few was years thinking ago. about funny And it's kind of like the whole, you have to be beautiful, but not too pretty. You have to be a mum, but you have to also work. You can't ever be tired. You can't do this. And you must be this and this and this and this. And the point is those standards, those double standards, those rules, those opposing rules do not on the whole exist for men. They do on some parts for sure, but they don't on the same level. Like, and I know that you and I both feel this. You and, you know, we want to do really well at work, but we can't be seen to be too ambitious. You know, I really love makeup and hair and stuff, but then I don't want to be seen as vapid and, and or people to think I that's all that I've got about me and stuff like that. Or I want to be healthy, but I'm not going to be skinny. And that's fine. And it just, that was such a beautiful moment. I loved it. And I love that that's gone viral and oh, I just love it. 
It was a really great speech. It's like saying about how, yeah, impossible it is to be a woman. Um, I really love the bit about where she said, you can't be, you have to be thin, but not mm. too thin. And you can't say that you want to be thin. You have to be healthy, but you also have to be thin. And I think that's so funny. And I've been thinking about that qu quite a lot because... I do think that we have, in a positive way, I do think we have moved away from being like the kind of desire, at least publicly anyway, of like saying, oh, I want to be skinny. And the focus is on health and yes. being strong, which I, I do love. But, uh, you know, is that just what we have to say in public, in in, in private, is, is everyone still saying, I want to be thin, I want to be skinny? Um, it was just a really interesting narrative. Yeah, I agree. And I think they're still saying it in roundabout ways because, you know, having been back at, you know, in office kitchens again, I can tell you that, you know, the whole, oh, I, oh, I can't eat that because I'll get fat. Conversations are still happening. And I was quite surprised by that. Perhaps we'll have a conversation about that soon. Yeah. But yeah, people are still saying it. But it is true, you know, and, and yeah, you have to, to be healthy, you have to be thin. Is the conversation that the world gives us. That's what Laura and I talk about so much is that the world is telling us that we can't be healthy and fat. But we know that we can. We're not saying that we are. We are saying that it is possible to be fat and to be healthy um, as it is possible to be thin and unhealthy. Yeah, I think that it's I think it's really important to say that like at, at either end of the kind of weight spectrum, like that is going to have a play on your health. So I think it's really important that we acknowledge that. And like I say, I'm not sat here saying that I am healthy, but I think that we also need to accept that weight is not the only measure of health. I know people that are really skinny that eat absolute garbage constantly and that smoke and drink. And then those people get told by other people, I'll eat a burger. No, <gasps> that's not okay. Don't tell them. And it's the same. I don't hate skinny shaming. I hate the whole real women have curves. Ugh, no, oh, so gross. we just need to stop talking about other people's bodies and stop making assumptions about people's health. You cannot tell a person's health by looking at them. Fact. Mm -hmm. Agree. <laughs> Couldn't agree more. And I love that a movie has got us to talk about this again. Like there's not a lot of movies <laughs> out there that could instigate this kind of level of conversation. And I love that this one has and there's so much that's important about it. Whether you like it or love it, it's it's you know, strikes this conversation, doesn't it? Body image is a huge one and the impossible paradox of being a woman. Like it's just, it's exhausting. I felt seen afterwards and I felt like I loved my mum even more and I loved my nans even more and I loved my sister and all my friends even more. Yeah, I felt, I don't know, I walked out being like, I'm so glad I'm a woman, even though sometimes it's stupid, but I'm glad I am. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I didn't have quite that like reaction, but I think I was also extremely tired and I nearly fell asleep in the cinema. Not that it wasn't good because it was genuinely brilliant, but How I will you? say that I actually want to go back and see it because I feel like there's things I've missed. And I, I just it. am really interested to see it again. So for me to say that, like I don't think there's many films I've, if any actually, that I've ever gone back to see. Mm. So um, like I said, not perfect, but definitely loved it Fantastic. and thought it was just a real step in the right direction. And like huge congrats to Margot Robbie and Greta Gerwig because I, I honestly think it really is a triumph. It was awesome. And we are going to go see it again. And we've decided that we're going to go and see it in a cinema that has comfy seats. City World looking oh. at you. Um, oh. <laughs> Can we just talk about this quickly a minute? Sorry, before we go on to anything else. I actually, honestly, think I broke my pelvis oh, no. and my back. The seats in Cineworld, honestly, yeah. fuck off. They're absolutely ridiculous. They I was really, really uncomfortable the whole time. Like, there was digging into my hips. I had to sit so far back that it looked like I was, like, nine months pregnant. 
<laughs> I just, it was just awful. <laughs> yeah, it weren't comfy. So I, I, like on those seats, I'm a what? I'm a size 20 and I, and I fit with no room to wiggle. Do you know what I mean? Like, so yeah, come the fuck on. So we're going to go to another cinema where they do bigger seats where you can recline. And I want to get yeah. so much pick a mix that they're like, Lauren, we've run out of pick a mix. And I'll be like, go and sort this <laughs> out. Like, that sounds like a you problem, not a me problem. I'm very excited about and that. And then we mortgage your house. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah, fine. Um, do it. <laughs> Um, uh, this is a small win that I wanted to share with you that is slightly related but also not related at all but just mm. in terms of chairs <laughs> talking about chairs um, on holiday recently mm-hmm. uh, I sat down and the chair dug, dug in and it was really uncomfortable and it wasn't like a posh restaurant but it was like nice-ish it was like in the hotel and there was a few people there and I felt like um, one woman recognised me because she looked and then was looking at her phone and looking at me and it was very uncomfortable oh. anyway we sat down and the chair was like digging in and Matt was like do you want to move and I was like no 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 and before I could even finish the no I went yeah I actually Good. I do because I'm going to be uncomfortable the whole time so I asked to move and guess what happened what happened nothing i just got moved and no one cared yeah i was comfortable yeah. i had a lovely time right let's <laughs> so do this it. is this is a reminder to advocate for yourselves please advocate and for funnily yourselves. enough there was another plus size babe that they sat at the exact same fucking table as me afterwards and she did the exact same thing and she was she just was like this is not gonna work so can i move please they also moved her and i was just like what did you well a why do you have stupid chairs with stupid arms and b learn your lesson but yeah i was also really pleased that she advocated for herself that for herself her. as well so that's really yeah, scary to do on. again we'll touch on it perhaps in another episode because yeah. that is really important and i've seen some people some examples recently where people have done it and when they haven't done it and you want to go up to that person and say something but that's not really a conversation that you can have with a stranger because you don't know no. where they are or they'll enjoy that yeah. but laura the moral of the story is advocate for yourself when you go to the cinema everyone i hope you go and see barbie whether you enjoy it or not i hope it instigates a thought discussion in your head and with your friends or you just enjoy it and just down the patriarchy absolutely right before we go there was a question on the facebook group our go love yourself community hey everybody that law i thought you would have a good answer for they have said hi everyone my mum loves following plus size influencers on instagram but a lot of them seem to be in their 20s and 30s does anybody know of any fabulous plus size influencers who are a bit older so i don't know any plus size older influencers i feel like that is something that is missing so if you ever if you're listening and you're thinking about getting into it please do it go for it because we need all the representation i think not even just plus size but like women kind of 40 plus online Mm. is just not really a thing i would love to see more of that um but there's two people that i follow that i think are fantastic one of them is called her username is inpo life i love vicky with all my heart we've had her on the podcast we love her (laughs) to the point where laura her and my mum talk I don't know what oh, happened really? is, but what at some point in time, mum just said to me, oh, I was talking to Vicky the other day and I was like, Vicky? And yeah, so they, they're just talking on Instagram. I love Vicky so She's much. honestly the nicest person. She has yeah. great style. I think she's in, she's going to, I, hope, I really hope she doesn't kill me for this. I think she's like late 40s, early 50s. Just the loveliest person, most beautiful like words on there. Like, I find her really inspiring and great style. So definitely follow her. Yeah. And then Erica Davies as well. And she's got a couple of books out. There's a new book that she's got out, which I've just got actually called The Style Chapters. And it's about Ooh. dressing for a sort of different stages in your life. Mm. But her style is like really colourful and funky and fun. And Wait, hold on. What's her quotes. name? I need her. So her name is Erica Davies and her username is Erica e-r-i-c-a underscore davies d-a-v-i-e-s on instagram and she's oh my really God. really lovely she is sensational 
isn't she? <gasps> Look at her follow immediate <laughs> i tell you someone i who i love following and she's not specifically a fashion influencer but she i mean i want everything in her wardrobe is uh, at a jewel she does a lot of makeup and skincare stuff and you might have seen her on this morning a few mm. times and she yes. is just joy and she's so smiley and fabulous and she wears a lot of pink speaking of the group i also saw a lovely jennifer posted a picture of an ad for some sort of like medical weight loss center that was up in leeds bradford airport and are you ready for this you're gonna Mm -hmm. love this it was absolutely covered with writing (laughs) so people had put things up on it like weight does not equal happiness (gasps) be happy love yourself for who you are (laughs) the first one call now to relieve your bowels love it it's graffiti in the best possible way that's some go love yourself graffiti that is (gasps) do you know what do you know what can we start a movement some go love yourself graffiti it gets even better because someone uh someone also commented on that saying if you're looking for a pile of slimming world leaflets on the women's health area of hereford hospital then i'm told they magically fell behind the phone box (laughs) just putting it out there oh my god i love it up the revolution ladies There was uh, two ladies putting Slimming World leaflets through doors the other day and we just happened to be coming home as they were putting one through our door. And I actually, I probably was rude actually and I did not mean to be and I should not have been, but I went, can you please not put those through my door? Thank you. That's not rude. (laughs) That's just, again. She she looked at me and she went, okay, sorry. And then I recognised her as my old Slimming World leader. Do you know... Beautiful. This is really sad, though. The first thing that kind of came into my head was other than like, I'm annoyed with you. Don't put that shit through my door, le- like my letterbox mm. was, oh, God, I put on so much weight since she last saw me. Oh, isn't that shit? Oh, I would feel and then I was up, cross yeah. with myself yeah. for thinking that you can imagine. Yeah. But again, it's those anyway. kind of things. The first thought is like what's instilled in you. And then your second thought is your learning. So I'm assuming your second oh, thought was a bit more yeah. kinder to yourself. No, it was definitely. And I yeah. feel a lot happier than I did when I was on, you know, well counting sins oh my god um, yeah but it's just like you said it's just old habits die hard isn't old it? habits die hard but yeah if you yeah i'm up for it grow love yourself graffiti all over the stuff <laughs> oh, i'm gonna do it brilliant yeah <laughs> keep an eye out for things and do definitely like obviously you have our full permission don't get in trouble don't get arrested don't put our names don't call us if you do <laughs> But please feel free to to correct things where you see them. Um, (laughs) That's it from us this week. I really hope you've enjoyed this episode. Uh, Thank you for listening as always. We'll be back with a new episode for you next week. But if you want more of us in the meantime, make sure you follow us on Instagram. We are at Go Love Yourself Pod. You can also join our Facebook group. Just search for Go Love Yourself Community. Or if you want to get in touch with us directly, you can email golove at crowdnetwork.co.uk. And you can also support the show by subscribing on Patreon or Apple Podcasts, where you can get ad-free and early episodes for £1 a week. Or you can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Thank you so much for listening. I have loved this episode as always, and we will see you next week. Crowd Network. A place where you belong.